0: Amazon Prime Video presents The Man in the High Castle, nominated for four Emmys, including Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series, and Outstanding Production Design for a Narrative or Fantasy Program. Now streaming all episodes for TV Academy members at ConsiderAmazon.com. Hello, welcome to IndieWare's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Liz on the Twitters.
1: I'm
2: Ben Travers at Ben
1: T Travers on the Twitters. Hi, and I'm special guest Han Wen Hanonymous on Twitter.
0: Hello, Han. It's lovely to have you with Han, us. Yay. Han,
1: Han. Han and Liz, yeah.
0: We are we are here today because, well, we have to record a podcast every week. They there are people who pay us now to do that. Um, also mm-hmm. uh, we are here because we have survived TCAs. We are done as of yesterday. We are all here back in the office in lovely west LA and I it's such a luxury to have a door I can close and temperature I can kind of vaguely control and lighting I have a lot more control over it's been it's it's a real joy are you guys feeling the same relief I am
2: I I, I don't even I don't even understand what's happening
0: <laughs>
1: yeah where, I where think are we I'm kind of adjusting yeah back to civ- civilian life you, no you,
2: one brought me food today
1: yeah what's <laughs> they didn't cut up my fruit I mean <laughs> what is going on yeah.
0: I mean, I, I keep it being like, oh, well, when is lunch? when When is when is when when is our next scheduled feeding? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I,
2: I haven't even had lunch, because I just assumed someone would tell me when the break was, but
0: you know. But that being said, we do all have a glass of wine with us today, because we are here to talk. We're going to do something new for the podcast. We're going to fully dedicate it to reviewing Hulu's The Wine Show, um, which uh, just, pre- well, Hulu's, we call it Hulu's The Wine Show, but it originally prepared in the UK. And Ben, who's in the wine show?
2: Uh, it's a great question, Liz. Um, there's a lot of people in the wine show, surprisingly, but there's only two people—arguably one—that you need to care about. <laughs> um, the one, the first and foremost—I I would say he's probably like the the, the host s like not ish host ish of the show. Yes, um, Matthew Good, who is good.
0: Yes, Matthew Good is an actor you might remember from shows like Downton Abbey and The Good Wife. he was in the the Woody Allen film Match Point. he's got a he was also like he was in the good first daughter movie called Chasing Liberty where he protected Ooh. Mandy Moore and he took off his shirt at one point. It was great um, yes
2: you you would recognize him if you saw him walking down the street probably. and yes. many people tell me he's handsome so yes
1: yeah, I was, yeah. I've heard he's, a, he's handsome well, he's Lady Mary's second love, I guess yeah. You know, yeah, she, she she
0: locked that down. <laughs> Excellent point. Um. So yeah. So he's a very he's very charming and very charismatic on camera. Very good at delivering. Like well, And 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 now we go back to this thing. Um, yeah, he
2: is very good at that.
0: Yes, yeah. but he is accompanied by another Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Reese. <laughs> Matthew Reese.
2: Of the Americans.
0: Reese. Ah. <laughs> oh, so charming. God. So the Matthew. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Emmy
1: nominated the Americans. Oh, yes, yeah. And he's Emmy nominated. Emmy Matthew nominated Reese. Matthew Reese. Yes. Correct. <laughs> So, uh, Good
0: call, and, yeah, and so the show basically pairs them up, uh, for a adventure through wine, uh, which is led by a number of wine experts, uh, who have their own breakout segments. Where we're featuring them traveling around the world learning about wine.
2: Though this first season is contained to Italy, correct? Like, they're, well,
0: they're, they're their they home are in base Italy.
2: is in Italy, they right. traveled there, they're staying there, and then they're traveling around Italy to different towns and picking up, like, trying wines in different locations to kind of gauge it, but then there's their correspondence, I guess? Like yeah. the other people on the show are the ones who go outside of Italy? Yeah,
1: yeah. there's one main guy, Joe Fattorini, who I looked on his Twitter handle, and it was great. Uh, he describes himself as the obi Wine Kenobi, <laughs> which is kind of accurate, since like the Matthews are kind of us. Like, yeah. we like wine, we don't really know a hell of a lot about it, but he knows wine, so he actually travels around and talks to wine people and with knowledge and words yeah. that you know make sense to them. And then he translates it back to the Matthews.
0: Yes, and I mean they're 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 very eager to learn. It seems they you know well, yeah. They're, they're enjoying, but they also do come in it with, with, like they do definitely come at it with a we are we are here to enjoy the wine. Like I, I, in episode two, uh, it's uh, you know somebody a wine expert giving them wine advice is like, so do you you don't spit? And Matthew Reese is so offended. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, he makes a great comment in the in the opening about how uh, they were talking about different ways to preserve your wine, like with different corks and, and whatnot. And he makes a very long <laughs> introductory joke about how he doesn't understand why anyone would ever need this because why would there be wine left over? Yes. Why would there be extra wine when you open a bottle of wine? I don't understand what this is conundrum is that you're having but sure let's talk about these corks
0: yeah I mean it's really <laughs> delightful just because you know it makes you really want to go over to Matthew Reese and uh, Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell's house and enjoy a, b- a bottle of wine with them like I'm sure they'd be down.
2: A couple of them probably seems like it seems like Matthew can put it away. <laughs>
0: He is Welsh. Good
2: for him. Yeah, damn right he is. Um, so,
0: I mean, between the three of us, Han, I feel like you're the more food and food savvy person, especially when it comes to like how food food on television works.
2: How
1: dare you? I worked at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> when we do our Arby's specific podcast, I will definitely ask you all about Arby, that.
0: Arby's, we very much look forward to your future sponsorship of anything we do. Yep.
2: In your corner, guys. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, actually, because um, I was, obviously, this is, you know, very entertaining television because the Matthews are amazing, and yeah. they're, they're just delightful. Um, but I think also coming from a food point of view, it's actually kind of informative in a good way. Like, I think the stuff that we know of the best are, like, the Netflix documentary series, Chef's Table, Cooked, all that, and... um, It definitely has that background and since wine has such a long history there's some pretty good stories that come along with them and kind of some shenanigans that are accompanied by you know uh by the wine drinking um i think the wine barrel rolling contest (laughs) i think in the first episode was kind of entertaining especially if you think that perhaps they might be drinking wine before they do this it looks dangerous
0: yeah like a great plan
2: i need way more shenanigans, guys (laughs) i mean i i I told liz a little bit about this yesterday but I mean, going in, I was expecting so much more of the Matthews, and I mean, obviously, my primary intrigue is Matthew Reese because he's just he's just entertaining. Like he's just a, a we've seen him at the TCAs, you know, you've, you've seen him at interviews. Like you know that he's just a pretty entertaining guy, and because he's having so much fun with it straight from the get go, I was very eager for that to continue, especially since it's an hour long episode or they are they are hour 50 long minutes, episodes. yeah,
0: which feels very long.
2: Right, and and. I, I I need way more than Matthews guys. Like I I don't know. Like this was it was good and it was informative and I appreciated those parts of it. But it was such a letdown for me that I didn't get as much Reese as I as I wanted. And and by the way, has there been a Riesling Reese pun made ooh, yet in the show? Like ooh. I feel oh, like that's coming. such a like ripe for the picking. Yeah. Well,
0: also, they call oh, it
1: I ripe for the picking. Did it again.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the there's I forget it, the uh, segmented episode one where uh, they have to go pick bear, uh, grapes at, like like in the dead of night. Yeah. Like there's all all this like fun quirks to it. But it is interesting like you bring it bringing up chef's table is really interesting in this respect because chef's table feels so elevated and so elegant and so well 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 put together. Whereas the wine show is really is is in fact really interesting, but it feels in some ways kind of like an upscale version of the kind of programming that you just see all the time on all of like, you know, TLC, HDTV, that sort of thing. It's much looser, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely agree. I think I could use more of the Matthews for the entertainment value. Maybe take them along on these little jaunts around and let them learn a little bit more. Right. There's some of that, definitely. Um, I think also there are a few awkward moments like when they throw to like their Twitter handle and it's really just like out of the blue. Right. Like, oh, let's, you know ask our what our viewers think and it's like oh wait is that like because of England or what's the deal like it's yeah it's a little it's a little rough but uh, yeah I think they're going for something different from chef's table yeah yeah it's definitely
2: it's definitely its own show like it's definitely doing its own thing and it's it's very casual and it's supposed to be loose and fun and I think the informative side of it is kind of a nice bonus but I, I mean honestly for to keep going I'm gonna need a lot more Reese
0: yeah And i don't think i think that's that's the most important thing we can tell you about the wine show is that just value the reese you get and embrace it enjoy it thoroughly especially because like he is like if they're if you know they kind of have a you know odd couple-esque odd couple-esque uh you know vibe going with them like matthew good is clearly you know playing playing a little more straight he's a little more he's usually the one who's actually delivering the and but first, Joe went. Joe went down to South America to learn for himself. Kind of introductions to packages.
2: He does. He does do that very well. Yeah, that's what he's good <laughs>
1: at.
0: Meanwhile, good. Matthew Reese is just kind of sitting there, like, yeah.
2: Matthew Reese is making faces in the background. He's I'm very just like. I want the camera yeah. to pan back over there. Like, give me more of that.
1: He's very beardy. Very he's beardy. very much along for the fun and the ride. I I really do enjoy him because it's like, oh, that's what I would be doing. Yeah.
2: Right. And I think that's. I think that's kind of the odd. Breakup of of the show, like in, in terms of who it's for and in terms of what it's trying to do, I I don't get a lot out of why wa- I don't watch a lot of these shows. I don't watch a lot of cooking or or drinking or you know even travel shows. I I just don't get into it that much. Partially because we have so much TV to watch that's scripted, um, but really I just I don't get a lot out of it because I'm not eating it. I'm not drinking it. So what you're showing me, I really need to be entertained or informed on, in a way that's going to uh affect me like it's going to like I'm going to have a deeper knowledge of it or I'm just going to have a really good time while I'm watching and I feel like they're kind of playing with both sides of that but not giving you enough of either mm-hmm. like they're not really like there's not enough fun where it's just like oh my god that 50 minutes was hysterical I had a great time and there's not enough like impactful knowledge where it's just like holy cow I really learned so much and yet at the same time it's just so loose and and there are those moments where you either where you pick up both of those things and you kind of appreciate them that I just didn't know where to end up. And for me I, I'm kinda of almost just taking myself out of it because it's not like this is not a show that's made for me. Like this is not my kind of thing. Um, so I was curious what you guys look for when you do or if you do watch this kind of programming and then what you look for when you do.
0: Well I mean I watch it, it's interesting like the whole like I remember finding top chef really hard to get into Initially, just because I was like, I was in the same boat of like, I can't eat that food. I can just look at it; it looks nice, but I don't get why I want to keep watching. And then, essentially, with Top Chef, what I, with Top Chef, what I learned is that I do get really engaged by the. I get really engaged by like the you know the narrative, the competition angle, that sort of thing. Like, they're, mm-hmm. if they're competing to do something, then like there's enough drama in that for me. But yeah, I I also do not watch a ton of this programming. I confess, I've only seen maybe a couple of episodes of Chef's Table, not the whole series. Uh, But yeah, I think, I mean, when I what I'm looking for, I think is honestly like I like I like the I like things that move fast and have a lot of variety to them. So actually, that's one of my favorite parts of the show is that, you know, there are a lot of different segments. They have a couple of running things going on, like the I'm not totally sure how it's defined, but like the basically the quest to find like these showcase wines. Which pit Matthew against Matthew and are really are give it give that give it a certain edge of competition. The the, there's always a gadget segment that's always really interesting and that that falls into the category just like gadget porn, which is always entertaining. But like I feel like I feel like a show like this, I really want to see like like a wide sampling of the culture surrounding this one topic, and I think there is there is elements of that to Wine show.
1: Yeah, I I have a lot of mixed feelings about this too because I actually do watch quite a bit of those travel shows and food shows. And, um... So like the thing that you're saying is like I don't get to eat it, I don't get to drink it. I did think about that. It's like if they had sort of a interactive like sip and sniff, like scratchy (laughs) sniff element where like while they're drinking this, you can drink this wine. Well, I'll tell Um, you, by
0: the way, if you happen to open a bottle of red with an episode and you drink it while watching it with your father say, uh, you might both have a lovely time watching the wine
1: show. I that's actually the other thing I was gonna point out is I do that when I watch food shows. Is I eat something. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be the thing that they're actually cooking or presenting, but like it s- somewhat like fools my brain into thinking I'm experiencing what's on the screen. And so, definitely for this show, I would say drink wine or whatever your you know yeah. liquid of choice is. Um, but uh, to your point also that like the shows that are the most engaging either have something really quirky that they're highlighting, right? Like. Um, Uh, I think Anthony Bourdain's show is gonna like one of the best ones as far as travel shows go but I think also because he goes to really exotic locations and um and shows really fascinating sort of you know points of their culture but also Phil uh of I I'll have what Phil's having is Mm -hmm. very good at that because he's the everyman who's going where Bourdain is going and also saying like I don't know if I can eat this Mm -hmm. and so um I, I that's that's that itself does very well for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I maybe also because it's Italy, the, you know, there's so much history in wine that it's gorgeous, oh. absolutely, but sort of remote. Maybe if they are moving it eventually to Napa, which I heard they might be. Really? For, for season maybe two? Maybe for season two. Then maybe we would be like, oh, I can actually get this wine, hmm. you know, and maybe it'll be different. But, yeah, there's a, there, there's a relatability problem. I
2: think that's the interesting too, thing, too, to me about these kind of shows, especially with the competition element that you mentioned, Liz. It's so hard. Like, it was. it's so hard for me to sit there and watch somebody judge something where they're just drinking it. And, like, they, they can talk about it all they want. But there's this no way for us. This tastes so whiny. Yeah, it's like – it's it, it just doesn't <coughs> – there's no way for me to actually know what I – like what I want to win I know in this scenario like who I want to win but (laughs) honestly I don't even care because I'd rather see whatever is going to get the best reaction out of Reese like whatever is going to make him you know get give him the best opportunity for a joke is what I want to happen I don't care about the competition and I've always felt that way when I'm watching when I end up watching these shows where it's just like okay so that dish was plated really well I can see how well it was made you're telling me they did this right and that this was bold and like whatever, but I have no idea if it's any good. Like there's no way for me to tell. So the investment in the competition aspect never really works for me.
0: Well, I think, I mean, with Top Chef, the reason I found that it that it kind of works is that you see it's so much of Top Chef is about the process. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, somebody will be making a dish, like a, a risotto. And they'll say at one point, and they'll be interviewed about. It. I was like, well, I was making my risotto, and I really wanted to use these brilliant snap peas. I'm making completely making something up, but like, really want to use these brilliant snap peas. And then you cut back to the kitchen where you see like the snap peas are totally abandoned over to the side, and like, like that's the thing that if she had just put the snap peas in the risotto, she would have had one, She would have had a wonderful risotto, and she wouldn't have gotten eliminated. Like that kind of like process based storytelling, I think, can work in that respect, but it's still. Actually, like Han, I used to always eat, like when I was watching Top Chef, that would be dinner time, like Mm -hmm. very deliberately. Um, And actually it kind of made me a like I would be like making a pasta, like I would be making pasta of it. You know, I have that can of tuna, I could put that in. Oh, there's some old lemon juice. I can brighten up the dish. Mm -hmm. And like, you Mm -hmm. know, translating, kind of translating what I was seeing on screen into like my actual cooking, which is not very fancy at all, but at least I was trying stuff.
1: Um, Yeah, that's true. I would say there's so much residual knowledge that I had from watching Food Network actually for like, I don't know how many hours straight Mm -hmm. um, when I was in my 20s that I think I became slightly better cook or at least a more interesting cook for it. And maybe it's just because I by now have sought out different food experiences, um, including like, let's say, textural ones Mm -hmm. that when people describe it while eating it, I can imagine like that was a good idea or not. Um, but uh, yeah I mean I think you have to eat during these shows or whatever or else it's torture <laughs> um, but f- because it's wine I actually have far less knowledge about wine so when they you know People use those words like, "Oh, it's saucy" or "sassy," or you know. I think in the first episode they mentioned a chewy wine. I was like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah. And so it's harder for me to relate yeah. than with food, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I,
2: I, I liked the elements like you mentioned before, where they'd kind of explain it to us on a very basic level, or they'd walk us through the process in in a pretty interesting fashion. I just, it didn't hold up over the whole thing. Um. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, it kind of needs to go one way or another, maybe, and just either just be loose and fun and crazy or like you know cut it down to about a half hour and, and really just nail every aspect of it so
0: that's fair I mean it, it, it's a show that if you just broke it up into different into half hour episodes versus hour long episodes I feel like it would still probably play like yeah. um th- I feel like the least essential sections so far have been with the young woman, uh, you know, reporter. Like mostly just because she's completely unconnected to the rest of the rest of the character. It's kind of like on MythBusters, you would have the A team doing something really exciting. You'd have the B team doing something really exciting, but if you, but not never the Twain should meet.
1: Yeah. Right, the OB wine Kenobi guy, at least you know, like goes over to the Matthews occasionally and like talks yeah. to them. But this lady, Amelia, I think singer or something, yeah, uh, she's often her own little thing. Yeah. And it's actually, I think that's that was a weird decision to make. Yeah,
0: she, I mean, she seems great. Like her segments aren't boring. It's just like there's not enough. There's no Matthew in them. Right, Matthews. and
1: and the idea that this should be really compelling TV, like you want to watch it because it was, you know, a, a ride. Right. Um, yeah, that's a good point because I was thinking when I was watching, I was like, "Oh, this would be good background TV, right? Yeah. Like while I'm doing something, and you know, I might get some knowledge that way. I might have a few chuckles, but I'm not going to sit down and only watch it."
2: Yeah, honestly, that that the first thing I ever saw from this was the blooper reel they released. Oh online. God, so good! And they play bloopers at the end of the episode, which is which is nice. Um, but that blooper reel was what made me really want to get into this, and it was like, "Oh my God, these guys are going to be great." And I honestly want more of that. Like, I I mean, it's almost too polished. But you're right. Like, I think that if you have the right wine to go with it, if you uh, have, you know, you're watching it with somebody else, you can kind of talk about it as you go, or you just have it on the background, it's going to be, you know, perfect kind of TV for this. And honestly, compared to a lot of the shows out there that are similar to it, this has got a leg up simply because even in small doses, you've got the Matthews, and they're, you know more than worth it, Like they I mean, make it worthwhile.
0: I mean, I was just talking with our editor-in-chief, and I mentioned we were going to be talking about this show on the podcast, and I, had, she's she's really into food, so I had no hesitation whatsoever me, like, I think he'd really enjoy watching this one. Um, I'm curious, you guys, like, after having watched at least one episode of The Wine Show, like, we're, we are, in fact, as we said, sipping a small amount of wine here at our desks. Uh, ben, small what, for now. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, like, Ben, can you use the language of the show to describe the wine we were drinking?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I can. I, I, I'm trying to practice that swirl because I noticed how many times, pretty much, just whenever they went to pick up the glass, or even sometimes when they didn't. You know, they'd they'd be swirling it, and I, it's something to do with the oxygen or like
1: it, the it aerates you know, it, like, it makes it, it opens up the flavor so a she, little bit. She, can do it, yeah. but I, it I'm right. I'm also though very bad at describing. This is like a white wine that we're drinking is right a, now. Is,
0: we are drinking a 2014. Well, yes, you want, please, I'll, I'll please tell me you. about. I'll try. I'll try to do my Matthew good. We're drinking now a 2014 Chardonnay from the Central Coast of California. Oh God, I, that's that's not. I was doing a really great British accent earlier. It started today.
2: really well. Yeah, yeah where just, did it go up? The off California to? part got yeah. a little weird, but otherwise, Conf- I think you're I, close. I don't
0: think you could say California with a British accent. I think that the two the two worlds are. you could say Los different. Angeles. Los Angeles, <laughs> the Central Coast. Maybe maybe I, I can't do it as Matthew Good, but maybe I can do it as Adele, like. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this is our 2014 Chardonnay from Central Coast, California. So, and it's really delicious. It's got like lots of, you know, bubbles and whatnot, oh, like on your tongue.
1: That's- Well, you recently saw Adele, so you yes. have maybe that voice <laughs> perhaps you want to just keep going that would be great that was great if you want to
2: oh. just hold on to that for a while that's great think that was oh i can't, can't i enjoyed I
0: can't. it I'll, I'll, maybe maybe i'll bring adele back in a little bit <laughs>
2: well, a guest guest podcast uh voice adele <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was weird, so weird that Adele just suddenly walked into the studio and
2: yeah, just sat down <laughs> and drank wine with us. Like, hey Drake,
0: guys, hey, let's look, some wine. Adele has a wine stand on stage with her for her wine, nice. so that
1: while she's singing, she can also have her wine. I like her so much better than I did before. Oh, she's <laughs> delightful. <laughs> uh, um,
2: but no, I mean to your point, like I, that's that's part of the thing that I think would be good if I watched enough of it, if I liked it enough, and I like had it on in the background like that. I think I would absorb something, like absorb some Mm -hmm. information and be able to apply that in some way. Just be more knowledgeable about it or to cook better, drink better, whatever. Um, But for me, I also know that I have a terrible memory. So (laughs) if I am not absolutely just, you know, surrounding myself with this kind of thing, it's not gonna stick anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, Again, that side of it is less important to me, but this is a very subjective viewpoint. I am not the audience here, so I'm very glad to hear that you and your dad
1: had a good time and that uh, you know to make it a social experience perhaps is the way to go.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like shows like that are really easy to watch in groups because you can be like. You can talk over them essentially. Like a lot of times, it's not, like, it's not like it's not like if you're watching Mr. Robot, you're going to miss like an incredible plot twist if you aren't paying strict attention to the screen. You can lean over and say, "Oh man, that's really interesting," and you know it can be a communication show. And
2: very quickly, I would assume that people would know to be quiet when Matthew Reese came on screen. Yes. Oh yeah. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Well, that's where the gold is. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's really interesting. It, the whole the whole the other thing about the show that really fascinates me is the fact that like it brings up kind of questions of. You know, host versus actor. Because hosting a TV show is a very different job than being an actor and playing a character. I mean, the only real part of the Venn diagram is that a host is very deliberately playing a version of themselves that is on screen. Like Ellen as a human being is probably very different from what you see on Ellen every afternoon.
1: How dare you? <laughs> Question one. How dare you?
0: <laughs> but with Matthew – but, like, the thing about, the thing about Matthew Reese and Matthew, Matthew Good hosting is that they play it very natural. Like, you kind of – I feel like I know who Matthew Reese is as a person now because I've watched the show. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile Matthew Good is, I think, treading a little more towards the, you know, line of, you know, hosting.
2: Dolesville. <laughs> captain Dolesville.
0: Oh, he is not the dullest person. It's it's. He is not the captain of Dolesville He's maybe like, he maybe like crosses by it every once in a while. You
1: know, the he's straight man a doesn't. President. Yeah, the straight man doesn't get any love, but it's a it's a role you yeah, have to do it. It's yeah, no, no, an important he's, role. He's serving his purpose very very well. He's very
2: very good at what he's doing. The it's important just, thing is
0: he calls Matthew Reese Reese. <laughs> he does
2: do that. Yeah, that's great. Well, and did you notice the uh, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi called. Uh, Called Good Goody. Yeah. He called him Reese and Goodie. Reesey and Goodie. Oh, so great. And Good is spelled with an e at the end. So if he didn't say Reese, I would have assumed that he just mispronounced. Didn't know. His name. Like he just didn't know <laughs> what he was doing. Or maybe
0: doing. we're mispronouncing Matthew. Maybe. Oh
2: my God! What if we've always been mispronouncing Matthew Good's
1: name?
0: Oh, I don't want to think about it.
2: Let's just call him Goodie well, and Reese. Well, as Recy.
1: you were saying, Reese Darby always said his name was mispronounced.
0: Yeah, but the Reese part, right? Um, so Reese.
1: Yeah. There Recy.
0: you go. Um, I'm curious. I'm trying to think. Like, is there like because it, it's on the surface like I I didn't know Matthew Good and Matthew Reese were friends like I had no, no idea about any of that I'm wondering if there's an American equivalent like what's the American equivalent of the wine show for
1: for those two? They must have the same first name is that? The I don't criteria? think it's a requirement.
0: I mean that's that's a good that's a good bonus, but mm. like it, like I mean this is like this is terrible like the David Duchovny and David Caruso.
1: Yeah, that's a really really horrible example, but you're right. I don't know. I keep thinking of, I guess, British friends uh, like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, my God. Who are the American bros besides Ben and Matt? Ben and Matt are the only ones who – there have to be other American ones.
0: Yeah, that's true. There has to be like – Ben and Ben, whatever. Yeah.
1: I don't know. They're not – it's not a –
2: Bro combination, but I recently discovered that Justin Thoreau is best friends with Amy Sedaris, and that would be delightful. Oh to
1: watch. my god, I would totally watch their version of the wine show. They
2: should have it with whiskey, and I'd be there every week.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's the other thing I was thinking is, would I have liked it better if it were liquor? Mm. Um, hmm. mm. I mean, maybe, whiskey maybe, also mm. has a lot of history. So, you no, know,
0: I mean, you could do a lot with you could do a lot with the liquor show as opposed to just the wine show. Talk about beer too. You can easily get like many episodes out of beer. Well,
2: I think we can import it. Yeah, I think America can steal a version of this and make it, you know, the whiskey show or something. So yeah.
0: but in the meantime, we do have the wine show. It's on Hulu streaming now. Yeah. Uh, they're probably, I think they're releasing all the episodes at once, so you can binge a rare luxury on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, tell us what you think about it um, because that's been a really fun thing lately is you guys telling us what you think.
2: Yeah, the emails have been great, guys. Keep them coming in. Um,
0: In fact, I want to shout out to some emails, some people who emailed in that we received from last week. Um, Luke, we got we got uh, our friend Shayna replied back again uh, from last week from a previous email chain where Ben badgered her into watching Warrior. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) um, But we also had Matthew from Rhode Island write in. Dylan from Nashville. And Lucas from Brazil, we got all the way to Brazil, you guys. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, so, so obrigado. And, yeah, and like, you know, only one of those people is someone we know in, in real life, so that's actually really cool. Um, so, I'm I want I'm gonna put out. I'm we're gonna try. I'm gonna try to make this a semi-regular thing now, at least. Like, you know, we're gonna have the question of the week, and this week's question. I I feel like if you guys are good with this, is, do you like to eat while watching TV, or and what are there shows you can't eat and eat during?
1: And what do you yes. eat?
0: And what do you eat? Yes. Han very much wants to know what you eat.
1: I mean, God.
2: There's a lot of shows, actually, that I that I won't watch while I'm eating.
0: Well, there's the like obvious what? stuff, like Walking Dead and so forth. But, yeah. like, is there stuff? I feel like, I, I don't know. Like, we'll see how this question goes. So email Liz at IndieWire.com and Ben at IndieWire.com, and we'll share your responses with Han as well. And, again, that's Liz at IndieWire.com and Ben at IndieWire.com. Tough to remember. Yes, it's very tough. Uh, but in the meantime, Han, what was the best thing you watched last week?
1: Um, you're going to have to help me again with the name of this, but it's the video that Tegan and Sarah did where the video is created by the animator. Lisa Hanawalt. Yes, for uh, BoJack Horseman. And it features a big purple horse um, <laughs> animated uh, walking through a countryside. And, um, and what's the name of the song again, Ben? Uh. Hang on to the night. Hang on to the night. And um, it's a good song. Tegan and Sarah are great. But it's also one of those things where I feel like sometimes uh, music videos have to really capture my attention. And at first, I was like, watch the first like 30 seconds. And I'm like, eh. And I was about to tune out. And then all of a sudden, Cats on Horseback came in. Nice. And then yeah. I, I, d- I couldn't look away then. And it, it was it's, it is fascinating. I'm not going to like ruin too much for it, of it for you. You can actually see it on, on IndieWire.com. Right. Right. Um, But, yeah, that was the best thing I saw. It was just fascinating, and actually I kind of want to see it again. Yeah,
2: yeah, cats on horseback. What about you, Ben? That was the moment. Um, So because of the TCAs, we've been watching a lot of things, Um, but I don't want to talk too much about stuff that's, like, way down the pipe or that, that, frankly, I've already kind of processed and and moved past. So I'm going to say very simply that the best thing that I saw this week was – sitting down across from Aya Cash and Chris Gear for You're the Worst. Uh, it's coming out in August, August 31st. Uh, they're delightful, wonderful human beings. Got to talk feminism with Aya Cash. Got to over-compliment Chris Gear. Do you guys ever get into an interview situation where you're talking to somebody and you think you have a question, and when it comes out, it's just kind of like a compliment like kind of like you're just saying something that you remember like how great you were
0: about this remember how great this was and how great you were in it
2: yeah pretty it's pretty much like the chris farley bit on us oh yeah like it, it turns into that moment where you're saying like i don't even have a question for you like that ha- i think that happened to me twice with chris gear and he was very nice about it and, and he's you know, a wonderful man and he actually commented on whatever the hell i was trying to say but um but yeah like i i i, I, I feel like i do that too much
0: I I feel like that happens, but it happens to me as well. Han, do you actually, I I feel like, because I I actually, I have both a thing I physically watched and then a TCA moment I really enjoyed watching. Um, And I'm wondering if you have a a, a TCA moment that you really enjoyed as well.
1: Holy crap. Um, We can circle back to it. In the past week, yeah, I can come back to it if I think of something, I'll let you know. There's just been so much.
0: There's been so much. It's like, the last last four days were action-packed, you guys. It was really intense. Um, and in fact, like my now that I think about it, like my list includes everything from Brian Fuller being totally adorable talking about Star Trek because he's adorable that way, to uh, Joshua Jackson also being really great uh, during a panel yesterday for talking about the affair and just kind of yelling at people for not for drink for drinking lattes with skim milk and not ha- whole milk. Um, Damn
1: straight. Yeah, he is. Good for you, Joshua Jackson, fighting that fight.
0: Yes. You have strong opinions, and we respect you. We would never ask you some of the stupid questions that got asked during that panel Um, because they were mean, and they criticized your— they asked you about relationships, and you've had a rough time of it lately. But anyways, um, and there was also the TCA awards ceremony, which all three of us attended and had no shortage of amazing moments. Uh, So that was— it's all been a— it's been a a blur, but it's been a fun blur. (laughs) Meanwhile— I I think I said this last week, but I'm just gonna say this again. Uh, This week's Mr. Robot slayed me. Like, it was audacious and crazy, and I thought it was audacious and crazy when I was watching the screener, and then that night, Sam S. like basically tweeted out saying, you guys should watch it live tonight, and I am so glad I did. And you can find the details about why exactly it was really important to watch *Mr. Robot* live on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on USA on IndieWire.com as well. Like, that's a piece we should definitely link to.
2: Well, I'm trying to get their live ratings up.
0: Yep, I mean, how clever! If they're if they're trying to get their live ratings out, up, this is the way to do it. And I loved it. Yep. Um, Han, what's the next thing you're looking forward to?
1: Um, I would say probably *Atlanta*. That is a new FX series that comes from Donald Glover. And he writes, he's the creator, writer, actor, star, and uh, as we recently found out, director of a couple of episodes. Nice, and, nice
0: get there. You got you got the scoop on that.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it kind of just falls within his whole personality of, like, doing something that's scary and trying something else. And, you know, like, actually controlling his image and voice out there, because he's kind of a, a creative guy.
0: Yeah, you know, it, was, it was actually really fascinating. Like, I, I didn't necessarily love the first two episodes of Atlanta. And I know that a lot of people are kind of, like, not sure about the show. But after hearing him talk about it on the panel this week, I my mind changed. Like, he's such a smart, direct, clear-thinking clear, clear thinking person. Like, he, he d- s- seems to know his show so well, and he knows exactly what he wants to do with it. And that, I really respect that.
1: Yeah, everything's deliberate. It seems with him, um, because I, you were not alone in the, for the people who were unsure about this show, like it didn't quite hit with them the first time, um, and these are fellow critics. Right. I'm talking about, and they were just, and some people were pointing out, like maybe there was less plot. Um, or narrative that they could point to. And that's actually very true in the other episodes. The first episode has a bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, It's a bit more plot-driven. But um, it is kind of dreamy. It is kind of, like, meandering. And that's sort of his idea of giving you the experience of being black in Atlanta growing up, and uh, maybe even in the hip-hop world. um, But it's not not like Empire at all. It's not like a hard-hitting, you know, like – inside look at the industry at all it's more about atlanta i don't want to say the cliche that it's a character character on the show yeah yeah the city is a character blah 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 blah. but it kind of is in a way and you know he mentioned it. it's kind of like you go to universal studios and oh my god i'm at hogwarts and it's kind (laughs) of like that it it, i think it does it very well there's some strange dreamy elements to it and um fantasy weirdness that goes on and it really all kind of for me works together yeah um, uh, what about I, you, Ben? I really
2: liked the pilot. I thought it was great. I was into it uh, all the way through, and I hope I can't wait to see more. I've always I, I agree everything you said about Glover Glover. He's. Uh, his mind is just fascinating.
1: Um
0: Re- Always remember, by the way, Donald Glover was a writer on, I believe, the first two Rock. seasons of 30, at, at least two seasons of 30 Rock.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he and, is a creator, at starting, yeah. you know.
0: And, yeah. and I mean, actually, it was really, in, in, in uh, Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, the character she points to him having the biggest influence over is Kenneth. Um, apparently, like, he wrote the line, um, there's a water bug on my channel changer. <laughs> Which she, she highlights as, like, a line that's so good just because it's so specific.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Um, the next thing I'm looking forward to, though, is a cinematic show called Quarry. Huh. Um, it's adapted from Max Allen Collins' series of novels, uh, which tracks a, a Vietnam veteran fresh out of the war who is recruited by an organization that we are not quite sure who they are to become a contract killer basically um it's it's a very interesting show the two creators actually wrote for rectify for a, a couple of seasons it's got a little bit of that vibe to it um the the world seems very specific it's set in memphis uh so it's it's got a little bit of a southern twang to it uh but it's it's just an interesting show it's very grounded um where it goes will be kind of curious because it's it's more of a the novels are more of like kind of pulp fiction stuff but the 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 show seems far more serious, like far more ambitious, and it's going to be serialized. It's not going to be like an anthology thing or anything like that. It's interesting. It's an interesting show. Wait, um,
1: so you said it's he's contracted right out of the war, so it's the '70s? Or? Yeah.
2: Sorry, it is a period piece. Yeah. So he's a Vietnam veteran, fresh out of Vietnam. It's set uh, either in the late '60s, or early '70s, um, and yeah, he comes he comes out mm-hmm. and he thought he was done, and, and they kind of loop him back in in a way, which which. We'll have a lot more to say about later on, but uh, I really enjoyed the first episode, so I'm looking forward to seeing more. That's great. Liz, next thing, you, what is it?
0: Well, finally, I'm going to have some time to watch Fringe.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> uh, no. No. Uh, <laughs> no, my legitimate answer is, and I, I, it's one of those shows that we've been talking about for so long that I just scrolled through my notes to see if we've mentioned it before. But we finally got Queen Sugar Screeners, you guys. We got the first three episodes. I cannot wait to check this out. I really want this show to be incredible. So, of course, you know, expectations are de- – having really high expectations are definitely the way I should go into this show. But it's it's such a – what it's, it's Ava DuVernay's new series, Created for Own, with Oprah's help. I believe Oprah has a small role in it, of course. And Oprah – and I'm sure it'll be like the best part, as Oprah does. As Oprah is the best. Like she's she was so much fun on uh, the previous on the uh, Green Greenleaf, the previous uh, Oden show, and I hope the tradition continues. And uh, yeah, I'm. But the, I mean, it's one of those shows where it's like, if, it, if it's if it's really good, if it really does well, that's going to matter because Ava DuVernay very deliberately went out and found an all-female writing staff and an all-female directing staff. She went to both, like, established TV directors and newcomers from the feature film world to really mentor them into the show. And, yeah, I think, I mean, beyond that, it looks actually really interesting, and I like some of the cast already from other projects. So that is what I'm looking forward to next, Ben. Good pick. As well as more French.
2: Duvernay, make more things. Can't wait. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, So... We will be hearing more about all these projects and more on IndieWire.com, including reviews, interviews, features. We are no longer going to be talking about the TCAs, which I'm sure you will all be very grateful for. Uh, but the, what the shows that we learned about during these 16 days are going to have impact going well into the next several months.
2: And if you want to hear about, you know, movies, because movies what? can be fun, be- then you should definitely check out Screen Talk with our very own... Deputy Editor Eric Cohn, and Awards Editor and Editor-at-Large Ann Thompson.
0: I'll give them a woo. They, are, they deserve a woo. They deserve woo. a woo.
2: There it is. Um, they're digging into everything. I mean, it's it's getting crazy out there. There's there's some Oscar buzz creeping around the corner. Um,
0: TIFF is a-coming. Tiff,
2: <laughs> TIFF is definitely a-coming. There's been a lot of announcements for TIFF so far. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you listen to Screen Talk.
0: Yeah. And uh, you can find Han on Twitter at Hanonymous. And you can also find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And
2: you can find Liz on Twitter with an I and an E at Lizlet.
0: That's correct. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television.